0: The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. What is this? Brave the move these people. Back. Welcome to subversive city.
1: Subversive
0: cinema. welcome back to the show it's your host art hall here the wrangler of the weird purveyor of the peculiar and diplomat of the disturbing to talk to you and everybody else out there about some subversive cinema like to talk about the weird the whacking the downright wrong entries in cinema history and today is just quite possibly the single most poorly made film out of all the ones I've talked about so far and maybe forever, we are here to talk about the infamous bird Birdemic, Shock and Terror from 2010, directed by James Nguyen. And to do that is my good old, old buddy, Dave. Dave, how are you? Are you saying I'm old because it's my birthday weekend and yeah. I'm spending my time with you doing this? Uh, pretty much. You've chosen poorly. and. Yeah. Well, we both chose poorly because we watched this. (laughs) Oh, oh,
1: it's like a train wreck. You just want to watch it. It's so great.
0: So my question to you is, had you seen this film before? I had. Yes. In fact,
1: when I first heard you were doing this podcast, I immediately came to Birdemic as the thing that I wanted to talk about because (laughs) I've only seen it once before. I never really wanted to watch it again. But then there was a bit of me that really did want to see it again. And I never really understood why until I saw it again. And I saw it with my father-in-law, which was <laughs> completely different experience.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, so here's the deal with, with uh, subversive cinema. Uh, I believe that there is a, a magic ingredient to all these films and that is what I call the subversive sauce. It's that blend of spices and seasonings and bad decisions that make these movies so unique. And there's typically three big ingredients. It's characters, story, and then the WTF factor. So we're going to walk the audience through this, but uh, before we jump into that, let me do a quick rundown of this masterpiece. Uh, So we start out with this dude, Rod, who is uh, presumably just driving somewhere to have lunch for no apparent reason, encounters quite possibly the worst actress in the history of all cinema as the waitress. And then he sees his old college crush, I guess, or someone he knew. Uh, and, that, and she's just there hanging out. And that is Natalie. Uh, and then he goes all creeper, follows her and insists on getting her phone number. And she... Obliges for some reason. Then we find out he's a salesman at a software company, and then lo and behold, the software company just gets sold to Oracle for a billion dollars or whatever. So everybody's got a bunch of money coming in. So now he's footloose and fancy-free, and he takes her out on a date. There's some jokes about you know her being a gold digger, and then she acquiesces, and you know, they're they're taking it slow. And we're just going to zip forward a little bit, uh, just by chance, you know, his best friend is dating her best friend, but they don't know it. Uh, next thing you know, the fucking eagles go crazy. They start attacking everything, like dive bombers. Um, it's, uh, it's wonderful. They clearly had one sprite for the 3D animation they just used over and over again. And uh, then we go on this, this, this road uh, this road trip of survival. Uh, with a small band of 'er ne'er-do-wells just trying to, to outlast the eagle apocalypse. So, let's talk about characters, Dave. Did any characters stand out to you, and why? Well,
1: first of all, let's talk about Rod. You know, he's a little bit of an
0: environmentalist, but he drives a Ford Mustang, and by the way, I I love that this movie was almost entirely a commercial for what like the two thousand six two thousand eight Mustang because yeah. there's so much footage of just him driving it
1: yeah and it... oh
0: like fifteen minutes of
1: like just we're gonna drive and oh we're gonna drive with the interior cam dash cam by just putting the camera on the dash itself.
0: not. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole movie starts out, we're treated to half of the credit sequence with a terrible Dutch angle in the car. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, we, we really ought to confer with our friend Chris, uh, our resident human centipede specialist, who's also a car aficionado, because, you know, Rod does say at one point how sweet his ride is because it's a plug-in hybrid. Yes. So, now, I was not aware that Mustang did that back then. Maybe (laughs) they didn't, I just didn't know, but.
1: Well, if uh, Willie Nelson can use uh, vegetable oil to run his cars, then Rod can definitely have a plug-in Mustang
0: in 2010 for sure. That's true, fuck it, it's all fine. It's good no matter which way you cut it. And also I wanna talk about how well of a presenter he is that he's actually able to take his fortunes, try to start a new green power company and he sells a room full of venture capitalists on not only the lamest slideshow presentation, but a, a deck that includes only one slide with the most arbitrary image on it of a solar panel. I would have totally
1: bought in with that one image. you know? <laughs> but, but let's talk about how well of a salesman he is. I oh, mean, yes. that million dollar sale that he knocked off 50% <laughs> Like, <laughs> if I was his boss, and you gave somebody a 50% discount, a million dollars, in yes. essence.
0: Yes. Well, you know what? Here, how about how about we let Rod speak for himself? Let, let's hear some of this awesome salesmanship.
1: What does it take to win your business today? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll give you that and 50% discount. Can we close the deal today? Can I place your order today? Great, thanks. We appreciate your business.
0: Woohoo! And his cheering is over. (laughs) Somewhere, Dwight
1: Schrute is just like, I can't believe that's all he had to do.
0: (laughs) Dwight's just looking at him saying, idiot. Wow. That's, uh, it's so funny because, yeah, okay, sorry. I, I just thought about the sequence that happens right after this where, Natalie is at her modeling job, which takes place at a strip mall, one hour photo developing place. <laughs> hey, hey,
1: that's where Victoria's secret does all their uh, reconnaissance.
0: Yeah. They, I love how she goes from this small strip show strip model. Jesus Christ. I can't speak from the small strip mall photo place to booking a gig for, um for Victoria's secret. But yes, yeah, sorry. Back to Rod. Tell me more about Rod. Well, I mean, there really isn't too much. There really isn't much. Really, any of these characters. <laughs> I need to make one thing clear about this movie. This movie has the most wooden acting, stilted dialogue, unmotivated camera movement, and most selective foley you'll ever see anywhere in film. It is incredible how every facet of it feels like this was the rough assembly that they made of rehearsal footage and yet it is actually the final finished film that we're all treated to. I wanted to actually call out someone who I thought was an even better salesman, and that was the solar panel salesman who comes through to his house, and he's just like, hey, 20,000 bucks for one solar panel. Let me show you where we'd put it. Right there. I'll give you a grand off. Well, okay, then. (laughs) So, you know, in fact, I want to hear a little bit of this guy because someone needs to get this dude an Oscar.
1: Hi, my name is Jerry Owens. I'm from Solar Power Accessories. Uh, We have an appointment today. Oh yeah, yeah, come on. Is that estimate I was telling you about? Wow, $20,000 for a three kilowatt solar panel? Yes. Where are you going to put it? Come and I'll show you.
0: And now they step outside. Where um, are you going to put it? Hmm. <laughs> where, where on earth could I put a solar panel? Here, let me walk you to your own house. <laughs> Give you a guided tour. You show them, sir. And that, sir, is where we're going to install your solar panel. Okay. Huh.
1: 20000 huh? Is there any way we can lower the price?
0: For you, sir, I'll knock up $1,000. 1000
1: huh? Okay, let's do it. All right. And sold. Look at that. I mean, <laughs> that is a 5% discount where Rod gives out 50% discounts. This guy is so much better of a salesman. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, just think of the commission he would have banked if he only knocked off 5% instead of 50%. Uh, this guy's the amazing salesman. You are right.
0: Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and I love that. It seems like you know, they know, they kind of have a feeling now, you know, what's coming him and his coworker that they're going to be selling this company that they have a feeling that it's going to be coming. Right. It doesn't happen yet, but I love how chintzy he is being with like a solar panel for like a thousand bucks when, you know, he's going to make millions of dollars. <laughs> I need to jump over to uh, another character who I thought was just amazing. And that is the, the news anchor. Oh, Okay. No, every time she comes on, she has, like, the best news anchor delivery.
1: In other news, the first Green Grand Prix event was announced today in San Francisco. All cars for this racing event will be powered with hybrid or electric technologies. Part of the streets of San Francisco will be used as the racing course, and the drivers will be Hollywood celebrities.
0: Oh, shit! And I just realized something as I'm looking at this clip. (laughs) The image on the TV is stock footage yeah. that he stole because it says Getty Images on it.
1: It's got the uh, watermark still I on didn't it, even I believe. See it.
0: I didn't even notice that until now. <laughs> Sorry, Dave, who were you going to say that I should call it? The birds or the waitress in the beginning? No, let's talk about Ramsey. Oh, God. Yeah, Ramsey, the dude who, uh, like, did i miss that he was in the military because i felt like they dropped that bomb later i think it was one and it, i even
1: said it, the best ex-military portrayal ever <laughs> i think it, it's like one quick line about his military background and, and that was only, it
0: and the only time i heard about it that is later after you've seen him with this assault rifle and handgun and they're just driving um, which actually leads into the best one of my favorite lines because this is such a non sequitur. It's they're they're sitting in the car, and this is when he talks about, you know, hey, so why did you leave the military? And then he goes off on a bit of this uh you know of of the agenda dialogue. But before that, he's asking, Hey, where'd the girls go? And Rod answers with the most coo thing, Oh, she went to take a shit.
1: Okay, and well that
0: was her end. For- that was her end, which by the way, she, she, her, her death was so sudden because the actress had to go to acting school in New York, which <laughs> clearly did not pay off because she has three credits two after this movie, and one of them is for like an extra in a music video. So you should have stayed with Bird Demic. Uh, but let's, let's hear some of this agenda dialogue. Where's Becky? taking a shit now he's watching our back pretty good at shooting how come you're still not on the marines i just got tired of all the fucking killing in iraq why can't we just give peace a chance why can't we just give peace a chance dave
1: so there if he was so concerned about all the killing in iraq he should have brought his mighty weapon, the clothes hanger, out.
0: That's right. <laughs> why? That's right. Why would he be dicking around with guns when he had clearly a rack of coat hangers from the hotel that he could have been using? But well, I guess we can get into that part later. That's definitely why. Oh yeah, this that's is... we're we're gonna get into that <laughs> as uh, I think when we move into the to the next section. God, there's just so many memorably awful things that happen in this. Uh, so what what is, uh, this movie any any of these indie movies that ride entirely on an agenda as the through line and the spine that's first of all a recipe for failure and secondly a recipe for hilarity. So clearly you know it, the guy just made you know James Nguyen has made no secret about how he was inspired by the birds as well as Al Gore's an Inconvenient Truth. Hmm. But I just love that they shoehorn in any sort of message they can, including the best friend who wears the Imagine Peace t-shirt in every scene and has the Imagine Peace poster on the back wall of her hotel room that she lives in, which also coincidentally is the same hotel room that Rod and Natalie go to hook up and then barricade themselves in. And fun fact, the director made both of those women wear bathing suits during those scenes because he was concerned the actors would actually have sex with each other. Yeah. Okay. We'll just, yeah, we'll <laughs> just leave that there. So Dave, what was that you were saying? The best first line delivery in the history of movie? Are you in it, movies? It, it minute, is the, the, hello. yes,
1: the hello. Like if you are going to do a movie, you're going to have your first line. Are you going to fix that in post with, some horrible dubbing. I have no clue what the heck happened there. You might know this. <laughs>
0: I don't know, but let's let's uh, let's let's go ahead and give this a listen. Hi
1: Hi <laughs>
0: And then she does this most unnatural hand gesture. Here's a. Menu. Thank you. Okay. I'll be right back with you.
1: I I can't even describe how bad was she of an actress that she thought this dubbing would do a lot better than <laughs> like was she only
0: speaking russian or something because you know there I think I I honestly think that it sounds like dubbing but I bet you that is actually on the day sound because what I'm seeing in a lot of these angles is that they did not have a boom operator at the time for half of these scenes, so they just use on-camera sound. One thing you'll notice: the sound mix. <laughs> sorry, oh, I can't even say that there is no sound mix. <laughs> um, it, it, it's as if they're doing a movie the way I would have when I was a kid, which was I edit in camera, where you're like you film a sequence and then that's it, you move on. Now I get that that's sort of like the Dogma '95 thing that was going around for a while in like the indie film circuit, but you know, but those were our tours doing this, and they knew how to use source lighting and edit and camera this guy these were all conscious choices that's the thing that we need to remember everything we're seeing in this movie was a conscious choice I, and i
1: looked at I, that was a scene i played over and over and the <laughs> mouth never it. matched the words <laughs> i'm sorry but i think it who knows Uh, yeah you know it's agree to disagree on this one i think it was definitely (laughs) not her voice
0: it's a it's a secret lost of time um and one other character i want to talk about (laughs) natalie's mom who is clearly a fucking grandmother (laughs) it it's like the weirdest casting choice the only thing they have in common is that they both seem to have an affinity for for teals and blues, and they have blonde hair. That's about it. Other than that, Natalie is clearly maybe 21, 22, and her quote-unquote mother is on the worst side of 70. So let's, let's see how she tries to sound young and hip here.
1: What's that smile all about? I don't know what you're talking about, Mom. Oh, come on. I see it all over your face.
0: God, it's like having a sex talk with your grandmother. It's like, oh, did you get laid? I don't know about this, Dave. I don't know. So I actually had two more characters
1: oh, for the price please. of one that I also wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Are, are, and I don't remember their names. I for, I'm i sorry. But the orphan children. Yes, the orphan
0: children. <laughs> I don't know. Did they give them names? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I should have done a little bit more research on this. It but...
0: might be. It might be Dylan or Christine. Oh, damn it! And of course, as I'm scrubbing through for for finding clips here, I just saw the lounge singer when it's just the two of them <gasps> dancing to this oh. song. Oh my
1: Real- god. Real quick with that, yeah. he's singing. There's definitely backup singers singing yeah. on the audio track, but there's nobody else, no band, just nope. him.
0: Yeah, it, no, but it's it is the <laughs> it is so weird. Uh, there's the kids. I don't know if they ever bring up their names. You know, I think she even just says, "Hey, the kids are hungry," which is also incredibly bad ADR because they sound like they're in a closet instead of a van. Okay, whatever.
1: But I mean, for for children who had just gone through a traumatic experience of seeing their parents pecked to death by birds, they're doing okay. Playing, they're doing with them. okay. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're happy to go to gas stations and pick out all the junk food that they want.
0: And yeah, but. let's uh, let's let's see how's this how's this one kid doing here. Thank you. Oh, he's pointing at the boo boo. Thank you for fixing it. And by the way, these kids aren't together, right? Like, wasn't she a different girl, like under another car, and he was a kid trunk trapped in a trunk, right? So, were they were they brother and sister, or were uh, they supposed I, to be odd? I just of?
1: pieced them together as brother and sister, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, uh,
0: and and then in one of the, every God, uh this movie. There's no such thing as a, a cut between scenes. Everything's a crossfade. So oh, yeah. here we crossfade from the kids playing and being happy to now they're mopey as fuck because I think they, uh, they must be starving.
1: Hungry, I've been under the car for a long time. Yeah, me too, I'm starving.
0: This is bad ADR.
1: Hey, the kids are getting hungry. We should stop by and get some food for them and some for us too.
0: There's a convenience store
1: close by. We'll stop there. Oh my god. but seriously the, the kids are such better actors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the adult <counterparts. laughs> I, I, I was dying that they were hungry but <laughs> yeah I, I I don't see Rod's concern that yeah, oh. I, I don't
0: yeah I don't think Rod really cares that much. Uh and it's funny. I just had a freeze frame here on, on Ramsey. And you know what? He looks like a poor man's poor man's John Krasinski in this angle. <laughs> it's like it's like proto Jim if he went to the military instead of Dunder Mifflin. Uh God, there's just too many. I mean, there's the fucking weirdo with obviously bad wig in the woods near the end, like the ponytail. It lo- it's tree a hugger. Here. Yeah, the tree hugger. <laughs> and you know whatever okay you know what billions of great characters and all of them are a hoot (laughs) pun intended let's talk about the next section the story so dave does the story make any goddamn sense absolutely not (laughs) you mean to say that global warming melting down and creating new viruses and diseases and unleashing one into the wildlife and killing the krill and all this other shit that that dr jones told them about um which was a wonderful piece of exposition um and the way he handled a firearm i'm glad to see he keeps it in his coat pocket backwards so it's there for easy access <laughs> uh, all the, on, all let me the demonstrate firearm, my gun
1: <laughs> all the firearm uh usage was great oh, yeah
0: never-ending was- ammo was my favorite thing uh, and also, again, one sound effect that I guess they downloaded from the internet and used over and over again. <laughs> so the story did not seem to hold water to you. Like, I mean, it was easy to follow. Now, are the, the character motivations are a bit suspect. But yeah, I mean, it goes almost half- Was the story easy to follow?
1: Because for at least 45 minutes, I didn't know what the fuck I was watching.
0: Well, I was going to say, that's the thing is the bird attack does not come until the midpoint, you know? <laughs> so, you know, there, it, it comes like, and it comes in such a great reveal where <laughs> they've just had sex and in her bathing suit. And then they pan across the sleepy town of Moon, Half Moon Bay and everything's great. Everything's cool. Oh, and then they use one of the handful of boom shots, which are used for no reason. Like we're going to boom up an empty street or we're going to boom down outside of a Thai restaurant or I'm just going to boom up a tree whatever. It's like it's it's crazy. So we see this boom shot and then we see some horses and a bunch of random shit that we see later in the movie because all they do is get a bunch of B-roll when they're in each location. And then birds are fucking everything up. I mean, let's, can we talk about all those establishing shots?
1: No. There, wh- which one? There's so many. <laughs> oh, it, it, that's what I'm saying. That yeah. Like ev- before every scene, there's like two minutes of silence while we just boom over <laughs> a, like, this is where the scene's going to take place. And it's like, oh my goodness,
0: <laughs> just get to the damn scene. <laughs> you know, they did a lot of that in, a, in another film we talked about on the show, A Talking Cat where there was only three or four locations in the entire film yet there were oh, I think over 50 establishing shots. So now this movie they certainly had a lot more in terms of locations, but it did not warrant anywhere near as much um, establishing business as they did uh, you know I just want to uh, I, I just want to share a little bit of uh, this this. <laughs> The storming of Normandy, as it were, when the birds first attack. That skip in audio was not me. That skip in audio was actually the film itself. Um, but there you heard that the birds apparently have... Um, I don't know, some sort of Cessna engine attached to them. They're like kamikaze pilots. Um, but they're all eagles, though. They're all eagles. and
1: They're all eagles and they all carry a large amount of petroleum yes. in their bodies somehow because they explode on contact all the yes. time.
0: And now we wonder why the American Bald Eagle is endangered. It's because of bird Birdemic and how many gave their lives in the fight for the uh, avian rights. so So you're saying the story was just uh, was was there huh yeah
1: it it was there Um, I mean the very end still makes (laughs) no sense all of a sudden birds are leaving yep but who knows, they'll be back in
0: Birdemic 2, but, ooh,
1: spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they absolutely will. No, I, what I'm looking forward to is the sequel, uh, which was made not that long ago, called Bird Demic 2 The Resurrection. And this time they brought the production down south to Hollywood. Um, what's amazing is they actually filmed that during the same period of time I lived there. And I'm sad I did not know about that because they're walking through all my old neighborhoods. Anyway. We digress. Back to the more important things at hand. Birdemic shock and terror. Were you shocked and were you terrified? I was
1: shocked and there was no terror. Hmm. I was shocked that I sat through the entire movie. I was shocked my father-in-law sat through the entire movie. <laughs> Especially the sex scene's a little odd with uh, the father-in-law. <laughs> but
0: It's only odd if you get a boner. <laughs> Um, actually i guess he... it's odd if he gets a boner so <laughs> my goodness oh, oh. <laughs> i will say that i was shocked that tippy hedren uh they gave her credit because they showed a piece of footage from a movie that james newen had made previously with her so i was shocked that he had tippy hedren in a movie he made earlier for one and i was terrified by the fact that no matter what I try to do, all these fucking actors get cast in things and I don't. So that's what's terrifying to me. Is the state of the entertainment industry? But
1: would you have wanted to be in this movie? Uh,
0: you know, it's uh, yeah, I would for all the wrong reasons. I will say that you know Whitney Moore, who played Natalie, uh, she was not great in this, but I think she's she's learned to get better. Uh, she certainly had some okay moments there was some stuff where i could tell the dialogue was holding her back more than anything but she's gone on and had a pretty decent career she's worked on a lot of stuff so uh she's probably one of the only non-casualties of this film So she's still waiting tables
1: at ihop but she's still managing to book a few gigs
0: yeah i mean hey wait wait tables at ihop and if you can go and uh and be in um, well let's see I don't know yet another Yeti love story or <laughs> perhaps I had a bloody good time at House Harker or contracted to contracted phase two or uh, my favorite sex school so
1: season three of uh, subversive cinema everything that Whitney Moore has done and that's it <laughs> oh my god
0: well it'd be better than having to sit down through uh Alan Baggs filmography (laughs) this dude it's like i love looking at his imdb because he just takes all these intense pictures but i'm like you're the dude from bird Demic. and it's amazing like you mentioned how they all came back for the second one as if they didn't learn their lesson the first time okay so story was it was what it was uh let's really get down on the what the fuck part of this um for me I, i i wrote two words in big notes big right here on my notebook i wrote Acting and writing as the two big WTFs of this entire thing. There, I, I think I've seen more genuine performance from a chess piece than I have anybody in this film. What 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 sort of WTF thing stood out to you? And I know there's a litany to choose from.
1: Um, visuals
0: and just story decision. Story decision,
1: yes. So yeah, do you want to get into yours a little bit more first? Well,
0: I mean, geez, it's like, all I gotta do is honestly, I'm just gonna put the marker anywhere on the timeline here and I'm just gonna press play and see what happens.
1: Husband to support you or, you know a real estate career to fall back on. Okay, mom, thanks. You've told me about a dozen times already but you know, I always love your advice. But actually, I gotta get going. I just wanted to drop by to say hi to you and to tell you all about my new gig. Well, does the gig pay well? Yes, it does. Oh, that's my girl!
0: (laughs) And hold the thumb, hold the thumb, hold the thumb down and cut. (laughs) Let's see. There's a, let's, let's, oh, this is great. Let's hear them uh, deal with the birds. Battery's dead.
1: What's going on? Can they get in?
0: Not for the moment. I'm pretty convinced that that long pause wasn't an acting choice. It was him <laughs> trying to remember the next line of not for the moment. <laughs> uh, and what you unfortunately can't see was Dave did a fantastic re, uh, recreation of the infamous uh, coat hanger fight with the birds uh, with his own coat hanger. Like, I,
1: I, that goes into my story decision. I don't know what I would actually call that. But like, you're at a hotel okay, we're going to take clothes hangers when you're one ex-military. And I think he had a bunch of guns in the car. Yes. (laughs) But you got to get to the car, Dave. You know, you have to be
0: able to get there. But they were just outside of the car. (laughs) Well, actually, I'll call you one better on this whole story decision thing. So they're clearly afraid of outside because that's where the birds are. So they make a concerted effort to try to minimize it yet they go the have point. a fucking a picnic. picnic outside <laughs> just <laughs> eating their sandwiches drinking their their water just having a gay old time and this is oh my god i can't i can't and then they go and do more of the shit later after their friend has already been aced by the bird while trying to take a shit so story choices yeah well it,
1: i mean just things that We're going to throw in this random scene of a double-decker bus that's been attacked by (laughs) birds
0: and, like, dead people everywhere. But (laughs) we're going to try to save a couple of the people. So I want to ask your opinion on what happened in that scene. Uh, It looked like the birds flew and then shat on them. I don't know what it was. Did they spit acid or something? But they all looked like they were really upset. But there's a flock of the eagles flying at uh at our hero I believe that's when Ramsey dies right yes and so Ramsey gets doused with the, I know RIP Ramsey he gets doused along with the people he saved by bird shit or bile I don't know but it's it's comedic because if you slow it down there's so much fluid being thrown at them and uh, then they get pecked to death so what was the point i guess other than you know to try to show his his heroism in the face of certain danger Um, maybe this was a save the cat moment but it certainly came about an hour late into the film so I I don't I I'm with you I don't quite know and then they all very slowly and controlledly collapse to the ground so nobody gets hurt and then they lay down gently with their great makeup jobs it's just it's a train wreck I will say, though, that that is the one time where they actually, it, it, from what I noticed, they properly managed to motion track and change the perspective of the, the 3D birds on the ground. Usually the birds wouldn't move with the camera. Like they would just sort of stay still and oh, then yeah. the camera would move. But this time the dead birds on the ground actually maintain their position. So that was probably the best visual effect of the whole thing, if that says anything. I don't think it, it does. It, it doesn't. It doesn't say shit. It doesn't. <laughs> oh, and then I, I also love this. This enterprising. I know this is this is sort of a character thing, but I have to call this a what the fuck moment. Just this entire exchange with the, uh, with this this gas station attendant after Ramsey gets killed.
1: Hi, the Eagles killed our friends. Uh, do you have a phone I can use to call the police?
0: No, I'm sorry. You know, all phones from the Eagle attack, all phones they are dead up here. Really? Damn it. Well, we need some gas. Well, you know, from the Eagle Attack, we are short on gas, but it's $100 a gallon if you want. What? $100? That's outrageous. Well, either you take it or leave it, you know, and they have only a few gallons left me <laughs> Enterprising capitalism at its the, the very best. Mm-hmm. And I also love that they clearly just went in Hey, dude, do you mind if we film a scene real quick? Oh, by the way, would you like to be in a movie? Eh? Huh? Here, just read off this sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, can I talk
1: about one more visuals that I have to talk about? Talk about as many things as you want. <laughs> we, we, we talked about how amazing the visuals were of the birds. Obviously, Birdemic. Yes. But there's another visual that is just as great.
0: Forest fires. Oh, yes. You're right. How did I... I I got so distracted by the birds and also the explosions, but yes, look at all these tiny little oh my god these forest fires! It's like they took the assets that they gave away free at VideoCopilot.com, and they just said we're just gonna because this is free we're gonna use it everywhere, everywhere. Hold on, let's uh, uh, let's see if they oh they're gonna see if they're gonna cough here. as if they're running through you know uh, the fog of war in not in in 1918 or something and all you got is just a couple little little peaks of heat and tiny little plumes of smoke it's this is oh wow i forgot about that how yeah this is just every single thing about this is just magic I've, uh, yeah, I tell you, I've seen many, many terrible movies and this one is just extra terrible. You know, let's let's just hear some of this awesome uh, after we've narrowly avoided forest fires, uh, you know, denouement. Damn it, ran out of gas. What are we gonna do? If we're lucky, someone might drive by. Which I need to comment on. They've been lucky the entire time technically because in every single scene when it's supposed to be death and mayhem, there's always been people driving by, especially during the big shootout on the side of the road, which I got to give them credit that they're running around with firearms, waving them with reckless abandon next to a major highway and people are just seemingly okay with it. So suffice to say, there is a lot to, we could go on, I have literally three pages of notes, but I'm not going to do it. All I could say is this is a movie that cannot really truly be described. It has to be experienced. And every single one of you really, really needs to check it out. Honestly, Art, what I suggest for everybody
1: is go check out the Sins for this one. It's <laughs> 20 minutes long, which I'm pretty sure if you put all the dialogue in the movie, is it's only 20 minutes as well. <laughs> but there's 203 cinema senses before Jeremy got all crazy with his counting, but it's by far the best abridged version, the best Cliff Notes version of this film that I've ever seen. So,
0: Well, it's certainly one way to go. If you do want to see it, you can certainly get DVDs on uh, eBay. You can also get it off Google Play. I believe it's also on Amazon, but I think you might need some sort of special subscription to Fandor or something like that. Suffice no, to say. Just, that's
1: how I watched it. I watched it
0: straight off of Prime. Also, go. Birdemic 2 is also on Prime. Birdemic 2 is there. If you want to get a heads up on uh, next season or whenever it is that we're going to do it, go ahead and watch it. But it is out there. So Birdemic, Shock and Terror from 2010. Dave, what sort of sauce rating would you give it on the subversive scale between one and 10? How subversive do you think this some bitch was? I'm going to only give it a four. I would agree with you and say that's right.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's something that you have to enjoy once. And then I kind of agree with you. Then you watch the commentaries and you learn more about it, but you never see it again unless your friend tells you to do a podcast with him and
0: <laughs> then you just kick yourself. <laughs> And, and, you know, it's also a great fodder for when you just need to have a drinking game. Uh... Oh, speaking of which, yes, I did find out drinking
1: game. Um, I did a little research. Uh, Every time they say the word sail, you take a drink. Oh, shit. Uh, um, Let's see. Every time they say the word birds, um, there's a duck hunt. Uh, Every time either human or bird dies, take a drink. Uh, and every time a cell phone rings take a drink
0: so that is a lot of drinks man a lot of drinks so i am uh, i want to thank dave for coming out do you have anything you'd like to promote or talk about or you just got yourself
1: i just got myself so uh thank you for having me art i really appreciate this i'm so happy that i actually got to do this uh, movie with you
0: well happy to have you here for it bud So until next time, thank you, Dave, for coming, and we'll check you later. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out, too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content.
1: Subversive cinema.
0: So I'm going to play you off with this applause section from when they sell the company because the timing of the applause goes on and on like an Adult Swim sketch. It goes until it's just almost not funny.
1: Please help me give a warm welcome for our CEO, Bill Stone.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I have some great news. Our board of directors has agreed to the acquisition of NCT Software by Oracle Corporation
1: for a billion dollars. <laughs>
0: hard and you've all earned your stock option
1: congratulations